Christian, I have a problem. What's that? I don't like the name of our podcast anymore. Oh, a talking duo. <laughs> a talking duo. What's what's wrong with a talking duo? It is part of a bygone era <laughs> of projects in the life of Justin and Christian. Yes. And yep. it was tied to our video channel on YouTube. A video duo. A video duo. And another another YouTube channel and another YouTube channel named a gaming duo on which can we can we just give some love to those as as we see them pass? It's we had just... so much fun with those. We did. We only posted one video to a video duo. I thought it was a pretty good video. Yeah, I thought it turned out really well. Oh, what? No, we have so many videos on a video duo because that oh, was when yeah. that was when you were in Europe. Yes, that's all of my European travel videos. Only about half of the videos I recorded are on there because I kept recording and then I lost my will to edit them. And I think I've since lost the rest of the footage. Oh. So it only goes up to some point. I'm glad that I have documentation of the trip. Yeah, me too. So our video for a talking duo is why do we get stuck as we age? That was the one that was called. Yeah, specifically centering around music for a large portion of Mm -hmm. it. And why do we get stuck with certain preferences as we get older? And, And a talking duo was meant to... To, to like maybe elaborate on things that we talk about in a, in a video duo mm-hmm. and just kind of send thoughts and processes toward that YouTube page. Right. So they were all intertwined at one point in time. Right. A gaming duo where we played Pokemon competitively yeah. against each other. Oh, that was so fun. That and was it just like ended. the funnest thing to record. Oh, so fun. We were playing that on emulators. On emulators side by side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really fun. And a talking duo has lived, and I think it's time for a rebirth of sorts for a talking duo. Agreed. You know what? We talked about this. I agree. And the name that I've got is Pod to the Future. Love that. And we'll talk a little bit more about what that means here in a sec, but... I particularly loved it because you are a huge fan of Back to the Future. Back to the Future. That's my my email address is a is a nod to Back to the Future. Yeah, don't say it. I I think you've said it before on the podcast, and I had to like bleep it out. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you you don't want a whole bunch of randos emailing. (laughs) Hey, randos out there. We love you, randos. We we love randos. Uh, We just don't like private information being put out there. (laughs) For all the world to see, Facebook. <laughs> yeah. So the big question is, should we have a new intro? I think so. You ready? Yep, here we go. Welcome to Pod to the Future. I'm Justin. And I'm Christian. And we've been best friends since high school. This is a show where we are documenting our lives for our future selves, our future kids, and you, our listeners from the future. Follow us as we pursue our dreams and maybe learn a thing or two along the way. Charge the flux capacitor, rev the engine up to 88 miles per hour, and pod to the future. Ah, it feels good, Christian. It feels real good. Sounds really good. Yeah. It's great to have an intro. You've been wanting us to introduce ourselves (laughs) since the beginning, and I've been against it. Our names. People need to know us. people, People will definitely know us now. Yes. Now that we introduce ourselves. Thank you guys for joining us as we shake things up a little bit. Shake things up. 
go on a new adventure, find out what it means to really dive in headfirst into a podcast for the long haul. We've been doing this for two Two years. years. I know. And we're glad that you are coming on this adventure with us. This is episode 15. Yow, nice. two in one month, which might be a first since like the very first month. I know, right? And it's amazing that I have a full-time job, you have a full-time job, you have a baby, you're gigging on the weekends, you're married, I'm about to get married, I own a house. Life seems like it got busier, and yet now we have more time (laughs) to podcast. Yes. I think we spent a lot more time just messing around before. Now we're going to structure it a little bit more. Yeah, a little bit more structure, a little bit new format, a little bit more honed in thematically, and that's the goal of this rebrand. Yeah. So pod to the future. Christian, talk a little bit about that and what we want to do with the theme, with the title, Pod to the Future. With Pod to the Future, we are aiming to chronicle our lives, uh, you know, for the future generations. and Specifically, at this point, for Georgia. Yeah, absolutely. This My child. Is, this is gold for your daughter. <laughs> Watch her just like when when she's like of listening age. I'm just like, hey, baby, listen to this. Listen to this podcast that Uncle Justin and I made. And it's it's for you. It's for you, my love. And she just listens to like the first 10 minutes and is like, that's boring. Yeah. No, it will definitely be a weird curve. Yeah. Of, at first, she's going to be like, oh, this is interesting. And then she's going to have no desire whatsoever to listen to it. But then she'll get older and then and it'll be this, so this will be awesome. I would love to have a recording of my parents at our age talking about their life. Yeah, how cool would that be? And in hearing about their journey. And this is something that in doing this, mm-hmm. we have a gift that we can give to all of our kids. We can give to ourselves, our future selves. We don't have to try to remember what it was like to right. be in our mid-20s. Yes. We know. We have it recorded, and we can go back and listen to it. Yeah. So, so that's cool. a little bit of the heartbeat behind it, Doc, the documenting of our lives now but pod to the future is a bit of a double entendre it's not just the documenting of the now for the future it's also about documenting our dreams our dreams and our and the processes that we're taking the steps we're taking all about the processes and our goals our ambitions and hopefully some cool stuff happens over the course of this documenting and it becomes much more interesting. It mm-hmm. goes from people starting out on their journey to people fulfilling things. Fulfilling things. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And as a listener, we want you to see this as a reflection for your uh, for your life, your journey. And maybe we can offer some encouragement along the way yeah. as, as we chronicle our, our journey. Yeah, maybe if we get further along in our journey and it would be worth people asking us questions on Twitter or Reddit or wherever, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. people could ask us questions and we could help answer them. Yeah, absolutely. But at this point in time, I do not feel qualified to answer questions <laughs> about pretty much anything. Nice. So I don't know with this new rebrand if we'll have a consistent upload schedule but i do know it will be more regularly Mm -hmm. my goal is two to three times a month that'd be awesome and i think that's doable because i think we both 
want to prioritize this and want to really make a go of this podcasting game. Absolutely. And so part of it is going to be following up on those things that we consistently talk about. The first one of which is me getting married. Yeah. And that's coming up quick. We're at like 20 days. Oh my gosh. The countdown is real. The countdown is real. And let me tell you how real it is. Christian, what did you see when you walked into my house today? When I walked into your house today, I saw boxes and boxes in your living room. Just tons of boxes. And it got me jazzed. (laughs) I was excited for you. Uh, It's a big step. Those are Katie's boxes. Katie is moving her stuff in. She takes over my house, I think this weekend. I don't really know when I'm getting kicked out, but (laughs) I will be moving back in with my parents. Ooh, okay. In a matter of days. Nice. Yeah. Okay. That's so, cool. That's really cool. Yeah, Katie is is moving in. I expect the house to be completely decorated anew by the time <laughs> I get, get back in here. It'll Dude, be like overnight. Is... Like all of the everything changed. That's so cool. Yeah, I'm very excited. So she's moving in mm-hmm. soon. In how, how long? Like 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 this weekend. This weekend. Yeah, so it's her, in a couple days. Her, her parents are moving her stuff in. Cool. Okay, so she's gonna move in. She's gonna be sleeping in your bed. Mm-hmm. Your guys's bed. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she's moving in. You're moving out to your parents' house. Mm-hmm. That's going to be kind of like a way of like just kind of a um. Where do monks live? What's that? A monastery. A monastery. It's going to be a, it's somewhat of a I'm monastery gonna take up a for you. Monastic. Yeah. Lifestyle. A little monastic for the retreat. Next Twenty days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. That's cool. That's really cool. What are your like? It's going to be your first time living with your parents, obviously, since you moved out into this house. Yeah. So, what do you expect? What's it going to be like? Uh, I think it'll be pretty normal. I I have some experience living there before. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we recorded most of our podcasts there. Yeah, yeah. The vast majority, probably the first twelve podcasts yeah. were all recorded there. Oh or yeah, thirteen yep. podcasts were mm-hmm. all recorded there. Yeah, it'll be fun to be back in the house. Cool. Your parents are probably so stoked, and oh, your sister, yeah. Katie. Yeah, yeah. I think they're all really excited That's to have me so back for awesome. a while. Okay, cool. So you're gonna be. Moving back in, moving back home. No doubt Katie will probably be over at your house a lot. Or maybe you'll be over here a lot. How, what do you think that'll be like? Well, I envision a lot of getting off work, coming here. Oh, yeah. Eating dinner, hanging out. And then instead of her leaving and going home, mm-hmm. it's me leaving and going to my parents. And yeah, I envision a lot of that. Dude, that's going to be so fun. It's going to be a very real transition to move you to the next step. Of marriage and luckily it is not a very long time <laughs> that i'll i'll have to move back in with my parents right and they live close enough that i've already thought about my commute how time, so. on my day off i can spend most of it here yeah i can spend most of it here i can you know wake up get ready leave come here mm-hmm. and spend my day here normal as as i would mm-hmm. it's oh, just yeah. a short commute you know, 25 minute commute mm-hmm. to go to sleep. Just getting used to just getting used to a little bit of the day to day living together because living together, that's a huge adjustment. And it'll be a nice little transition to get you guys comfortable with but the a, a baby step, a yeah. baby step in right. that journey. So as the senior married person <laughs> of one year and two months, mm-hmm. what is something you didn't expect? Something I didn't expect so, okay, the main thing that I didn't expect pretty much revolves around my work day. 
So as you guys know, I've worked at a school, but right now I'm on summer break. And so that's why me and Justin have a lot of time together. But during the school year, coming home from work for a while, the, the evenings were just so tiny, so crammed. And although I don't have a, I have a fairly stress-free day at work, mm-hmm. I come home and really want to enjoy myself uh, by like, you know, enjoying my time with Haley, enjoying my time with the baby. But that time is just swallowed by my work day, which is really sad and annoying. So what do you mean? Do you mean you're, you're tired from the work day? Yep, I'm tired from the work day, but still, you know, I still want to enjoy myself. And so, you know, I, I'm still going to have that energy to spend time with my wife, spend time with my baby, but dude, it's just not enough. Even when, even when it was, it was just me and Haley and I was working and coming home, something I didn't expect was how much I value my time with Haley, which, I mean, I guess I did expect that, but I didn't realize how, what it would look like in application. It makes sense. Right. Definitely. It, yeah, it totally makes sense. Right. Like just, you're going to want to, you're going to want to have time, you know, you want to, you want to come home and watch the show that you guys are watching, you know? And I just feel like I had to learn to be really um, smart with my time in the evenings, in the mm. evenings after work. So that's a piece of advice that I would give to you. Make sure that your evenings give you life and fuel for the next day mm-hmm. and that you get some rest. You know, the, the marriage, the marriage thing. I have loved Haley for so, 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 so long, um, as I've mentioned in previous episodes like the whole story of how I've been obsessed with her. And then finally one day she fell in love with me. So we had had a pretty longstanding relationship and a lot, a lot of good friendship, a lot of good time spent together. So I, I wasn't expecting too much. And, and, and it, it actually, this was the case. Like there wasn't much of a change when it came to living together and spending every day together. Life was awesome and pretty much, as expected, like her manner, her, her behaviors and stuff like that. And, and how we, we mesh together, that stuff was all golden. And that's probably going to be the case with you and Katie. You've been together for a long time. Ben was, has it been two years? We'll be married basically two years to the day of our first official date. Nice. So you've had a good amount of time together. So, um, there's still me and Haley had been friends for probably we had like three good years of being of being really close friends and then a year and a half or something or a year, maybe a full, yeah, about, about a full year of, of dating. So we did have that good ramp into marriage. So I'm, you know, no, there's no crazy surprises when it came to like marriage life. I'm just talking about time management at this point, you know, when it came to unexpecteds and then of course there's a baby. So (laughs) that was, that, that has sent a, has brought a new, you know, a new change in life, but equally as expected, knew that I'd be exhausted, but yeah, it's just a, just a balance of time. That's good. I think that's good advice. And I think that's a good segue into our next subject in trying to find the balance in trying to create space in the evenings on the weekends to spend time with Haley and with the child. Talk a little bit more about fatherhood. We talked briefly about Georgia in the last episode because before that she wasn't born. And we stated at the beginning, part of the goal of this podcast is to document this for her. Yeah, for her, yeah. So talk about having a child, what it's like to be a father, and mm-hmm. what that means to you, 
what was unexpected, what was expected, mm. how those expectations have changed, mm-hmm. and yeah, open book, what is it like being a dad? I expected a life change, and I got it. And Georgia has been the most beautiful, amazing, just wonderful addition to our family. I'm so, so grateful for her. Living with a baby, though, is huge. Life has become less and less about... Well, okay. Well, no, 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 no. I I take that back. I was going to say life has been less and less about me and more and more about her. Life is still... Life is still a lot about her. Everything revolves around, like, there's a baby here. We have to plan when, whenever we go out or something like that. You know, like, where, what's, where's the baby going to go and stuff like that. But I still have, I still have found uh, time for myself, you know, when it comes to... Well, in the last episode, I talked about how having a baby has inspired me to now pursue my dream of music. Right. Um, so that... I've actually found a a lot more time to practice, you know, my skills and stuff. But you're, it sounds like you've had a major priority shifting. Yes. Since George has been born. Absolutely. We're going to go on a little trip to California soon, in, next week. Nice. And yeah, I know. Where are you going? We're going to LA. So this, the situation is Haley's mom is going to Big Bear to see Haley's sister and her boyfriend. And then Haley's mom is coming, coming down to LA to see Haley's other sister, and we're going to meet her to see Haley's other sister and boyfriend in L.A. and hang out with them and stuff. And then Haley is... And then I'm going to come back home after that because I have rehearsals at, uh, for worship at church. Haley's going to then go to San Diego to visit family with ha- with Georgia and with her mom, and they're going to go see the beach and stuff like that. And um, I... And so I just when it comes to traveling with the baby, uh, that's going to be something that we've never seen before. And yeah, that I know seems gonna... like a huge logistical exactly. I th- I, that's nightmare a... of sorts. Right. That's a great word, logistical, because when it comes to a baby, logistics are 80% of it. Georgia is so precious, and she brings me constant joy. But at this age, she is basically somewhat of an accessory, you know, in, in, in many ways, like because she's super immobile. And so she's completely helpless. Exactly. And so everything that we do, um, we have to think about how, where she's going to sleep, how we're going to carry her, which a sling is the greatest invention ever. Mm. It's the oldest thing ever, I'm sure. But wearing her in a sling is super awesome. I love wearing her, (laughs) wearing your baby. (laughs) Isn't that such a funny concept? (laughs) Wearing your baby. Check out my new baby. I know it's Louis Vuitton baby. (laughs) Um, who are you wearing uh georgia (laughs) georgia (laughs) brings a whole new meaning to who are you wearing who are you wearing yes i know basically when it comes to having a child you just have to understand what sacrifices you're going to make which are totally worth it Mm -hmm. but they're sacrifices nonetheless so i'm no longer coming home and plopping on the couch and maybe like cuddling with my wife. It's now she, I come home and she's been, she, my, my wife has, is, is a stay at home mom. I love that so much, Mm -hmm. but I come home and she is pretty exhausted from caring for the baby. Just as exhausted as I am. You're entering into a situation already in progress. 
it, it wasn't like exactly. nothing was happening and now you're home. Exactly. You're home and that's just a little blip on Haley's radar yeah. of the rest of the day exactly. and everything that's She's happening. She's like, thank God he's back. You know what I mean? Yep. And so, so you know, th- these are just like classic expectations that you can all just understand and relate to when it comes to, you know, when a baby enters your life. Yeah, I'm sure it's nothing new to you parents out there listening from the future, whether it's tomorrow or 10 years from now. But this is new for us. And that's mm-hmm. this is an uh, an area in which I have no expertise at all. And Christian is just cutting his teeth. And yeah, I think I find it very interesting. Explain a little bit more. I want to hear more about the logistics of having a baby and what what that's like. Just a day-to-day life. What's your routine oh, yeah. with a baby? Cool. Thank you for asking. I'll just go from the night because it's never ending. I need to literally pick a start point. You know what I mean? So I'm just going to start with the night, the toughest part, as you can imagine. Um, It just all circles. Yep. It just, it's it's a snake that's eating itself. Yes, exactly. Was that an arborist? A snake eating itself? What is that? Yeah. Have have you seen that? It's it's like in Greek mythology. Right. It's, it's the, it's like just an ongoing process. It's the cycle or whatever of, of whatever. But yeah, so basically that's my situation with, with the baby. And so the night involves, um, a few wake ups. Haley, since I'm not at work, when I was at work, it was pretty much all on Haley. And I'm so glad that I'm home that I can help take some of the pressure off, but still the baby wakes up and okay, well, let me actually talk about the baby's sleep situation. So first baby feeds the baby or (laughs) Haley feeds the baby. And then puts her down for the night and that's in the rock and play, which is this beautiful invention. It's a, it's like a, a little, um, a little carriage (laughs) of sorts. Mm -hmm. So the baby like sits, uh, sits at an angle, like lays, she's super comfortable in it and it's mechanical or it's electric and mechanical. So it like rocks Mm -hmm. and it's like just a little, uh, it's like a, an automatic, like an automatic bassinet of sorts. And she's just like so secure in that. No need to rock your own baby. Right. We have robots. We have robots. This is the best robot. This is not one that's <laughs> going to take over the world unless we want it to, which maybe I do. Um, It'll be rocking everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. Side note, I was thinking that in heaven, this, this is just a fun little fantasy of mine. It would be like a constant spa day where <laughs> at, the, at the end of every day, we get picked up and and held by like an angel or something something somebody enormous <laughs> that just like like rocks us and pats our bottom to sleep <laughs> like you literally don't have to worry about tossing and turning to sleep anymore you uh, just get you just get rocked and patted rocked as and an padded? adult how crazy would that be that would be so uh, funny so fun and so just relaxing one time as a joke katie tried to rock me <laughs> and i found it incredibly calming yeah, it's so safe. She, so so yeah. she, she used to do that in an acting class. Like that was a way to build intimacy amongst act, actors. Nice. Uh, they would I just, seen I guess, one. sit and rock each other. Wow. And I found it very soothing. That's really funny. That's really cool. Like it's similar in the intimacy exercises to like maintaining eye contact for a prolonged period. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like get comfortable with these people on stage. So anyway, Haley feeds the baby. 
Yep. Um, she's breastfeeding, and breastfeeding is like the way to go, pretty much. Um, if you can't, that is okay. That's totally understandable. But breastfeeding is the way with the way that we went. That's pretty much like fifty percent of Haley's day. Not really. I don't know what the percentage is. Whatever. Fifty. <laughs> that's a lot. Half of her waking hours. That's a lot. Georgia I know that's, is eating. That is. I don't even want to think about the percentage, but it's a lot of time <laughs> that Haley's breastfeeding. But so Haley breastfeeds her to bed and then puts her in the rock and play, which first we had the baby in our bed. We were co-sleeping, which just seemed like the the easiest thing to do. And I know that like that seems terrifying to me. I know. And dude, let me tell you, I think I've actually said on here like about the first night. How crazy it was! I'll, I guess I'll say. It I don't again. know. I don't think you did. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. Share the, it. The first night was so so terrifying. This tiny tiny baby angel is now in our care. Like we don't have an instruction manual. Life life just <laughs> you're just Christian and Haley. Whoa. Exactly, we're Christian and Haley with a. And big now old, the world trusts you with a child. Right, we're we're Christian and Haley with a big old bassinet. That's about all it came to when when it comes to our sleep situation for the baby Mm -hmm. we didn't have this rock and play yet so we the first night i don't even think we thought about the bassinet so Haley, we we were just like we don't want to kill her (laughs) you know obviously that's like the main the main thing purely pure and simple it's like the worst possible thing that could happen but the thing that you are obviously going to think about and can't get out of your mind like how do i keep this thing alive right like this is a child and I don't know what I'm doing. I know. What do I do? Needless to say, we did not get much sleep that night. I bet. We, but strangely enough, we woke up the next day having energy for relatives to come and visit the baby, blah, blah, blah. But still, it was a very stressful night because we had her, we, we thought the best way, the only thing that we could really conceive of for her safety and her survival would be <laughs> sleeping in our bed. And breastfeeding was a challenge and Haley trooped let me tell you Haley really charged through all of the all of the um struggles of breastfeeding there was tears and and everything but we came through she feeds like a champ but that first night and and honestly up until like probably like 2 or 3 weeks ago she's been she had been sleeping in our bed with us because Haley found out like she could she could uh, feed the baby on her side, like mm. basically like laying down, and so that was awesome. How, um, how's that work? Does Georgia just kind of lay there? Yep, exactly, just like exactly what you would what you would imagine. But it slowly began to wear on us not being able to sleep next to each other, and not only is it like is it like key for intimacy between husband and wife, or you know the two of us, m- mother and father. But also, it was tough to get a good night's sleep with a baby in the bed. Hmm. So having this rock and play has been... Do you guys... Sorry, I don't want to cut you off. Do you guys, when when you're sleeping next to one another, because this is something I've thought a lot about for when I get married, are you guys physically touching while you guys are sleeping? I know like in... With the baby in bed? No, or like no. in general. Oh, yeah. Good question. Because, Be- because as you're... in movies and stuff, mm-hmm. you always see people yeah, like, the like spooning sleeping. every yeah. night together. Right. Dude, and that, that seems a... incredibly yeah. hot to yep. me. And being in my mid 
to bordering on late 20s, I've spent the vast majority of my life sleeping basically surrounded by a pillow fort Mm -hmm. with basically four pillows, two on either side of me, so that no matter which direction I roll, I'm always... Just cradled. I'm always able to cradle a pillow or to hug a pillow and and have Mm -hmm. the pillow. I've always... There's always a cold pillow within arm's reach of me. Logistically, how does that work out for you guys when you guys sleep? Yeah, so sleeping together, which is going to be new for you, is early on so fun and just do whatever you want you can cuddle through the night whatever just human nature will take over and you'll get hot or you'll get uncomfortable and just change positions obviously um so just totally enjoy your sleeping um as long as you can as long as you want together but when it comes to uh you know like stuff like well like obviously later on you'll under you'll find a a sleep situation and you might even just like enjoy totally sleeping, you know, like in your little, in your little, uh, half of the bed. And that's just your, your half. Mm -hmm. But with a baby, uh, now that, well, it's so funny. Cause like with the baby being in the bed with us, it was like, we can't really like touch each other at all. But then now the baby has moved. We like cherish the, like, even when the baby was in, was in the bed, it was fun to kind of like have our feet touching, Mm -hmm. you know? Or like, you know, me, me like massaging her shoulder while the baby's kind of between us. And that was really precious. So co-sleeping is, is still like, can still, you know, be fun and precious and, and intimate. But having that baby out of the bed <laughs> has been major. Just, we, we're giddy when the baby goes into the rock and play after Haley has, you know, fed her. And we've done the nighttime routine, which we started a nighttime routine pretty recently, mm. which involves... Uh, reading her a book, and which is Brown Bear, Brown Bear by Eric Carle. Is, is she interested in it? Is she old she enough is. to be interested? Yeah, from a pretty early, from pretty early on. What was it like? We might have been doing this this uh, nighttime routine for about a month, mm-hmm. um, maybe a little bit less. But she, it, it's colorful pages and it's super simple, and she just likes hearing her parents talk. Yeah. So it's, we're reading Brown Bear, Brown Bear. What do you see? It's a card cardboard book. And uh, each each uh, each one. So it's like brown bear, brown bear. What do you see? I see a. Um, I can't remember what's next, but I am gonna go with oh, a green frog looking at me. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's I, I don't know whatever. <laughs> but it's like a little slide. We reveal what the next thing. I see mm. a green frog looking at me, and so that's a really fun reader. So we read to her, and then we sing to her. We oh. sing little songs. I love that because you and Haley mm-hmm. are so musically inclined. Like music mm-hmm. is such an important part of your Absolutely. life and Haley's life. That's yes. something we haven't really talked about on the podcast, how mm-hmm. important music is to Haley's life as well. So it's really cool that you're able to incorporate mm-hmm. that into really cool. Georgia's nighttime routine. Yeah, I know. I agree. Haley came up with that. So she that was a great idea for her. She actually was the one who who said... We should read to her. We should do a whole bedtime routine. Read to her, sing to her, and then, yeah, and then put her to sleep. So we sing, we sing to her. We sing "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star" a few times. Then we sing the ABCs a few times, which is the same melody, so it's super chill. Uh, we sing like uh, "You Are My Sunshine." We're trying to co- incorporate more songs. We sing to her, then put her into bed. So she's in bed. She wakes up right now, probably like two or three times in the night. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you know, in a good night, once maybe she'll sleep like 
six hours or something like that. Um, we're gonna we're starting to try to do this no no cry sleep solution, which is a book written by gosh I can't remember I wish I could plug the the name, um, but no cry sleep solution is apparently just like a game changer for parents with young children you know that will um, get them to sleep for a really long time in the night hmm. without like you know doing the whole like cry them let them just cry to sleep, which I mean like has been a method used for ages so we're gonna try that but so let's go to the morning so the baby kind of wakes up at like you know we'll finally we'll finally get out of bed at like 9 30 or something like that this summer you know since i'm like off and stuff so the baby will wake up at 9 30 and i'm still so exhausted like i hadn't <laughs> even you know like it's so funny how like even though it's 9 30 i like hadn't gotten my full good amount of sleep. So I'm like even exhausted right now. You get me near a pillow and I'll, it's dangerous. <laughs> um, so then the baby wakes up at nine 30. We kind of, you know, we do some breakfast or whatever. And then, uh, maybe the baby will take, take another nap in an hour or something like that. And it's just kind of a cycle of, of nap, feed, nap, get up and play. Mm-hmm. She's so fun to play with. Um, just her expressions, are beautiful. Her smile, her laugh. She does this sound. I think I've said this already, but she does a sound like <laughs> that sound. And like, she's making, I feel like just last night she grew so much. And this morning she's like propping herself up on her, you know, we do tummy time every day. Mm-hmm. So that's like when she's on her tummy and she has to just like basically figure out using back muscles, trying to keep her head up. And she's mm. doing really well at that. She doesn't fully support her head, but I've never thought about close. that like intentionally trying to create situations for your baby mm-hmm. to develop their muscles. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I've it's, never thought about that right. before. That's fascinating to me. I know. It's so interesting. Haley has pioneered like the vast majority of all of our child's development <laughs> practices and techniques and stuff. So I'm so thankful for that beautiful woman. So a cycle of, Feeding, napping, wearing all day. And then, you know, and, and so we can still kind of like do our lives. Um, obviously, I'm here and stuff. She's at her parents' house right now. So she has a little bit of help. But then nighttime and we do it all over again. That's life with a baby. It's pretty crazy and pretty tough and exhausting. It sounds like it's a big adjustment. But once you have made that adjustment and begun to understand your new routine that you kind of hit a stride it doesn't mean you aren't tired but you find a new normal for Mm -hmm. you and Haley uh, with this with this new baby absolutely yeah we we find ourselves at like little milestones every couple weeks or so where we're like I think we got this you know after struggling for a week we have a week off where we realize she's kind of doing the same thing over and over again and we can we can kind of relax a little bit and then i think those those spans of time will increase in that like she will have way more of a routine and we'll be able to just settle into our own routines yeah but i feel like there is like an ebb and flow of of relaxation and struggle and and stuff like that so it'll It'll, it'll be like that for a while, but life with a baby is, is amazing. It, as, as unexpected 
or surprising as it may be, you, you just fall in love with, with the child. And I love Georgia so much. I think the big question that everybody wants to know is when is hall baby number two oh my coming? gosh that is so so funny that is so funny okay um so <laughs> you weren't if, expecting if, if you if, if you don't want to talk about no it, you don't that's have totally to. fine I, I just i just wanted to you were expecting, put you on the spot right i know of course you know that's laughable but Haley, you know after after doing the whole birth thing Haley said, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's there's the definite, like, we're definitely trying to wait. Um, mm-hmm. Especially with with Georgia being at such a young age. But the, the pregnancy and birth situation is is a lot. It's very serious, and it's a lot of energy and effort. So, you know, who knows? Probably not for a while, though. That's really good, man. In the last pod, you talked a lot about the way in which having a child has changed some priorities for you. You are wanting to pursue some dreams that you've had for a long time, but you haven't really thrown yourself into yet. And having a child has made you want to pursue those dreams now both because you know in a real sense that, hey, I'm getting older and now is the time to start living mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And because long term, your dream would be you are able to generate an income from music yeah, absolutely. that would allow you to provide for Haley and for Georgia and for yourself and allow you to be able to quit your day job. And yeah. you, you would make money from music and spend time yeah. with your family. A lot and that of time. would be the goal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So where are you at with that now? What is that looking like today? Having the baby has made me really try to push forward on this music dream. And that has involved uh, a desire to play gigs at restaurants and bars and stuff. And we've talked about the last two mm-hmm. gigs. Yeah. And so... I have spent a lot of time uh, practicing guitar, mm-hmm. which is my my. I would consider my voice to be my main instrument, but I Definitely. really I really want to hone my skills in guitar. So I spend a lot of time every day. I spend time practicing guitar, mm-hmm. and I learn new things about guitar and new techniques. And also, I uh, I made my Instagram page. I think we've plugged that already. It's Christian Hall songs. You can't plug it enough. I know. You can't plug it enough. Right. So I made my Instagram page and my YouTube page, also Christian Hall songs. And if you're trying to search Christian Hall songs on YouTube, it's going to be probably hard. So just search for Christian Hall songs and like one of the songs that I've played. And that would be like, uh, I've played Fred Astaire by Jukebox the Ghost, which is pretty new and such a great song good song most recently i i played i covered the song um i miss you by blink 182 so just some searchables but i have also uh i made cards and i go from bar to bar on uh you know on on the days that will allow for it uh for me to just literally go from bar to bar 
giving out my card, asking if they do live music, just promoting myself and taking it from there. And I actually did that yesterday. I went to 10, at least 10 bars talking to the manager or whatever and uh, asking if they have live music opportunities and then giving them my card. So that has been, (laughs) oh my goodness. Oh, I, I talked about my first time doing that, which was so clunky and awkward. But after that one, I feel super comfortable talking to establishments about the prospect of playing there. So it's not as nerve wracking now. Right. Yeah, totally. It's at first it was like, hi, my name is Christian. But then like now it's a conversation. I'm making friends. I'm um, really trying to like network, you know? So I gave my card out to a bunch of places yesterday. A lot of places say they don't offer live music. That's cool. Have you ever tried to talk them into the prospect of trying it? Because you have your own PA system, so you can set right. up in a bar that doesn't have a setup for live music. Right. That will actually be an email, I think, that I'll send to them, uh, you know, talk, uh, as opposed to, like, talking them into it in the moment. Kind of a follow-up, like, hey, it was great getting to talk to you mm-hmm. about what I do. Yeah, like, hey, Just I popped so in. you know, I have a complete setup myself. Mm -hmm. I am completely self-sufficient. I can come in and provide this for you. Right. Even if you didn't think it it was something you could have beforehand. Right. Absolutely. I have, I have a, a, an email template that I've put together where I uh, include the fact that I have my PA system. And I mentioned that I like popped in there and, uh, I spoke with like, whoever I spoke with, you know, I'll I'll mention that. And yeah, I'll just try to take, you know, the extra step. I'll probably make a phone call after that. Yeah. It's just all part of like pursuing the dream of making money, playing music and well, the dream of making music, but then, you know, like in order to fund that dream, you know, making money, playing music. Yeah. You don't have to be ashamed, like making money is uh, a necessity of life and if you can do it doing something you love more power to you like that's that's everybody's dream yeah totally i know i i am honestly i'm so excited about every time i make a next step i'm actually practicing new crazy stuff like every day just like i feel like i'm growing i'm progressing in like my abilities like at a really quick rate, which is so exciting and hopeful. Practicing my scales, practicing my memorization of the fretboard, you know, just classic guitar music stuff. Yeah, talk a little bit about the things that you do to better yourself and what that as a routine in your schedule throughout the week has looked like, how you've been able to dedicate time to that especially as somebody that wants to constantly be learning and improving Mm -hmm. on your craft, on your ability, even though you, as we mentioned before, you went to school for this. You've, you've performed in front of people with your voice for a decade. Mm -hmm. How do you take yourself to the next level? How do you challenge yourself to get better when it's something that you're already so familiar with Mm -hmm. in your professional career. Right. I feel like the next step for me is songwriting. I have already written like quite a few songs, but nothing that I'm really like solid on to put together. Well, maybe one song, 
but like I want to put together an album next. So, like a full on EP. I I, or I know a full I on recently album. I know I recently watched a video on YouTube that was like why well, musicians should stop making EPs and this this guy was like basically just saying like just make an album. Why are you trying to make a four song EP? I was literally watching this video while I was waiting in line for to get my emissions tested. <laughs> so, so I did you pass? Yes, with oh, flying colors. That's excellent. Good for the environment. How but old's your car? Ninety three. That's a miracle. It passed emissions. <laughs> truly, that's great. Truly. So I just I didn't get to the end of the episode of, of that of that uh, video, but why not just shoot for the stars? Maybe I'll put out an EP. I don't know. Who knows what it'll look like, but I just want to get those songs rolling. Yeah. And I think that's a good point. You don't have to be Justin Bieber to have a successful music career. Right. One of our favorite musicians of all time, one of our favorite bands of all time is Guster. We -hmm. both love Guster and they've been very successful, but they are a very niche band. They are not if I ever hear a Guster song mm-hmm. in ex- a restaurant, right. I make note because I'm like, this restaurant loves good this music. This restaurant knows where it's at, for real. But it's something so infrequent for a band that has been a band for like almost 20, 30 years. 30 years. Wow. Probably 25 years. Yeah. And yeah, you don't need to be massively famous to have a successful music career. Mm-hmm. Right. I know. That's why I'm starting with my YouTube videos, which are just covers, and I'm just creating. You know, I just need to, like, just go and go and go, and I think that'll just get the ball rolling. Well, in a lot of ways, this is you cutting your teeth. I think we talked about that in the last episode. The more you do this the better you become at it mm-hmm. and the more marketable you are to be able to make it a career. Mm-hmm. Nobody is interested in hearing somebody's first song that doesn't make a lot of music already. The first song that you hear, I, I, I just saw somebody post Bo Burnham's first song. Oh yeah. I Do saw you remember that too. his first song from, from uh, YouTube? I think it was Bo, Bo Yo. Yo. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like 10 years ago, but there's no way that was the first time he had ever written a song. Right. I know. Cause it was so polished. It was so You good. don't see the years and years and years of Bo Burnham coming home. I think he was in high school when he posted that video. Yeah. What a genius. And him coming home from school and probably spending several hours every night playing mm-hmm. the piano making music trying to make people laugh with music writing songs over and over and over and And he finally got that one to a point where he wanted to release that song Mm -hmm. on youtube and it became very popular and slingshotted his career into the stand-up comedian and now director Mm -hmm. of stand-up but his career is a product of all of those hours of work Mm -hmm. on the front end that nobody saw he got zero credit for what i'm sure was years of piano lessons years of voice lessons years of trying to write music years of playing on the piano 
tinkering around on the piano in his parents' house and getting mm-hmm. a new keyboard oh, and yeah. learning how to use it and learning how to record with it and just over and over and over. And mm-hmm. you don't see all of that time that mm-hmm. goes into creating success. I know. The 10,000 hours thing. The the concept of 10,000 hours is working and working and working on something yeah, for 10,000 po- hours to be a master. Yeah, popularized by the Malcolm Gladwell mm-hmm. book, mm-hmm. Outliers. And in it, one of the examples he uses is the Beatles before Mm. the Beatles ever released their first album. They spent, I think an entire year, maybe it was like six months as basically a house band at a bar in Germany where they would play together for something like eight hours every single night of the week. That's so crazy. And so you wonder why they play so well together and are so successful Mm -hmm. well they just spent eight hours a week for basically a year playing every single night uh eight hours a night and you don't get credit for all of the cutting your teeth Mm -hmm. but i think that's what we're trying to show in this podcast Mm -hmm. as we pod to the future branding Mm -hmm. that cutting your teeth is the big part of it. This is the the really difficult, important part of it. And so it's cool to hear how you are bettering your craft mm-hmm. and aiming towards a destination and trying to get there. What does it look like to get better at songwriting? Have you thought about yeah. that? Actually, yeah. Um, today, I actually had a... My, my wife was FaceTiming her sister, so I like picked up the phone, you know, when she had to like breastfeed <laughs> and like started talking to my sister-in-law and she's in LA and yep. she's writing music and trying to, you know, it's so funny. Like the whole family, the whole McCloskey side, Haley's family is that her sis, both of her sisters are pursuing musical music careers. Both of them like pretty much with their boyfriends, which are musicians, the, the sis, my sister-in-law who I was talking to today, her uh, her boyfriend is an EDM artist, and he's pretty successful. Yeah. And her other sister, her boyfriend, is an artist also, a singer-songwriter, and he has music on YouTube, or on uh, on Spotify. Both of them have music on Spotify. One of them, okay, so I'll actually plug them. So my the sister-in-law that I was talking to today in LA, her boyfriend um, is Arie. I mean... He's an EDM artist, and he has amazing music. Oh, my goodness. I love listening to his music. R-E-A-R-Y-A-Y. Um, and my other sister-in-law's boyfriend ha- has music under, I think, Semi-Attractive Boy. Yeah, they're, they're and so the sisters, my sister-in-laws are um, also, you know, just like pursuing music alongside them. And actually, my sister-in-law, who lives with her uh, boyfriend in, in Big Bear, is making music with him. Anyway, that is all to just say... That my sister-in-law that I was talking to in L.A., she's working on songwriting, and she's told me to look up songwriting exercises, and I asked her, like, what are some of these songwriting exercises that you're doing? And she said that she's putting together, uh, she said, like, maybe, like, make a bunch of, a list of a bunch of words that rhyme, put together a bunch of rhyming words, and also put a little bubble of, like, a word or a concept, and then, like, make a little diagram of, like, different things that revolve around that. Interesting. Yeah, so that's just, I'm barely cutting my teeth on, like, songwriting and, like, what it really like takes, but I'm excited to do all that practice as part of my routine daily. Man, that's awesome. I love hearing you talk about songwriting. I think that's so cool. I can't wait to hear Mm -hmm. what you come up with. 
Mm -hmm. Me too. (laughs) Now, one thing that we did want to talk about, because since we last recorded, we have both had some unique experiences with it. I think yours are going to be more interesting than mine, but it's funny that we both had similar experiences with social media. So why don't you get us started on this topic of social media? So it was already a pretty huge leap to make a social media dedicated to my music. That was a a step toward um, making the dream come true. I basically took on a huge responsibility with the creation of my Instagram page and YouTube page with the whole creation of Christian Hall songs as like a brand, if you will. And so my intentions with creating my Instagram profile and my YouTube page were basically just for self-promotion. I would use them to direct potential gig opportunities to so they could see a sample of my work. However, I, I, I didn't realize this until it happened but now that I'm posting things on YouTube and Instagram, basically my Instagram is just a, a funnel to YouTube. I post, I post my full cover on YouTube, and then I post like a sample of my cover on Instagram of like a song or whatever. And I'm just getting love on Instagram for, for my, my, my songs, you know, the, the songs that I'm covering. And it's really hard. <laughs> like, you know, with the goal being I'm just doing this to to promote myself and nothing else or, you know like just for gigs you know like for for the actual tangible money maker but when it when people are like following me or or commenting like this is great or whatever and just getting a bunch of likes it's hard not to be kind of like cool what <laughs> you know like it's not, affirming it's very affirming absolutely and i although i'm not trying to be like an instagram star or a youtube star it's like, it still is kind of like, I, I check my phone for likes and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm just, when it comes to my relationship with social media, it's, it's funny seeing it take a little bit more of a role, you know, than, than I thought it would when it comes to, you know, a venue for promoting my content. I mean, you could probably uh, like relate to the struggle as somebody who um, doesn't really engage in social media a ton. And now you're making content as well. And social media is honestly a great way to promote your content. Yeah, I've had a very similar experience in that. Well, let me back up. I have never really been a fan of social media, Mm -hmm. except for Twitter. I use Twitter to follow people I find interesting, mainly around sports Mm -hmm. and get a lot of sports stuff hitting my Twitter feed all the time, mm-hmm. all day, every day. I know that if I pick up my phone and scroll through Twitter, I'm going to see some interesting stuff about soccer, the NBA, about Cardinals football. It's it's going to all mm-hmm. hit my feed, and I'm going to see it in real time as news is breaking, and I love that. But when it comes to posting For example, our podcast or my new podcast, I've always been hesitant on posting that for insecurities that we've documented in the very first episode Mm -hmm. of this podcast. Insecurities about the vulnerability of sharing what you create. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and wanting it to hit the eyes of people that are most 
interested in it, not right. wanting to piggyback on relationships as much as right. wanting it to hit people that are actually genuinely interested mm -hmm. in what you're creating or doing or performing. And right. as I've gotten older in these past two years, <laughs> it's funny how things change. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that insecurity is a, a bit of immaturity mm. where I think traditionally I've seen a lot of people that use social media as immature. And there's a lot of people, for example, if you're about to come out with a book, it's time to get on Twitter and just blast, 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 mm, blast. I see. And follow, 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 follow. I get followed by so many pastors that are books. trying to come out with a new book. And I'm not interested. Like, you can follow me, I guess. I don't care. But, like, yeah. I'm not going to follow you just because you're trying to get a whole bunch of followers follow follow. to promote your new book. Mm -hmm. I never wanted to use social media as a way of building an audience to promote myself. Mm -hmm. So I think there's some good to my view of social media, but there's also some hindrance in that. I've never shared something very intimate about myself mm -hmm. because I think that that's very vulnerable, but these creative endeavors, not sharing them with people that care about me is basically withholding something from those people. Mm -hmm. So it's all about, I, I think it's all about the reason for using social media to share things. Mm. And so as I have posted this last podcast episode that we did and the two new episodes of the other podcast, two Justin's podcasts, check it out. As I posted those on Twitter, I have had three friends, one that I consider a very good friend from college, another that I consider a very good friend from college, and another, a friend that I haven't talked to in years and years and all three of them have replied on twitter this is awesome i love this i want more of this love that wow and they would have never found that if i haven't if i hadn't been vulnerable enough to say hello friends yeah. on twitter this is something that i've made mm -hmm. and if you're interested check it out right that's the that's a huge leap to make it's, it's yeah. very vulnerable it's very vulnerable it's i mean it's three people and it's yeah. been incredibly affirming yeah and encouraging for encouraging yeah. for me exactly and i didn't anticipate that being the case and mm -hmm. i've i've been very thankful for that mm. and as my family found out 18 months after we launched our first podcast episode <laughs> that we had a podcast <laughs> wow They've listened to it and they're like, this is, this is fun. I enjoy listening to you guys. That's so awesome. And it makes you feel silly for hiding the fact that you were doing this in the first place. That is beautiful. And it makes you feel yeah. very affirmed in that, hey, these people love me and they're interested in the things that I'm doing. Yeah. And I think that is the bright side of social media that I've been neglecting for fear of the dark side of social media. Mm -hmm. 
So, but I got a little bit of a taste of the dark side. And do you want me to share that with you? Yeah. So this is what I mean. I understand how social media can become incredibly addictive. I had a very, very semi-viral tweet. Very semi. In the realm of virality, this is the common cold. This is... Mm -hmm. uh, Actually, that's probably too... Common cold spreads pretty well. This is... This is allergies. Yes, this (laughs) is not even really a virus. It's just allergies. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So some of the soccer commentators content creators that i enjoyed the most are a duo called the men and blazers love those guys very funny very good soccer coverage mainly centered on the epl though now during the world cup very centered on the world cup and they were talking about how poor the german team looked and how the german team is missing the presence in the midfield of a player that they didn't bring to the World Cup. So they would benefit if they had this player. The player's name is Leroy Sané. And they said, I wonder if there's a German word for how Leroy Sané feels right now. Mm -hmm. Because Germans famously have a word for everything. That's funny, yeah. And his name is Leroy Sané. And so I just replied to their tweet and Mm -hmm. said, Sané Freude. Oh, what does like that mean? Sh- it's like Schadenfreude. What does that mean? Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Like, like the uh, this is a this is a deep cut for the theater fans. Uh, the Avenue Q song. Mm-hmm. Schadenfreude. It's when you take pleasure in the pain of others. Oh wow! So you know, waiter drops a glass, and for some reason, like they're unfortunate situation brings you a little bit of joy that's about so your funny. life yeah that's what the the term schadenfreude means so i said sonnefreude a play mm-hmm. on words and again this is a very mild amount of virality that's so funny though that's but that's gold. it was viewed by 2200 people wow and liked by 39 people okay and i got three new followers on my twitter from nice. it and this is what I mean about the dark side of social media mm-hmm. is for about 30 minutes after tweeting that I couldn't stop checking my Twitter because I kept getting updates about new people liking it. And I wanted to see how many people were viewing the tweet. Mm-hmm. And I can see how that becomes this like chemical response of I put these words into the Twitter machine and boom, it's just this burst of people right. liking what I'm doing. Yeah. And it kind of scared me a little bit, to be honest. That's so, so funny, yeah. Of like, oh, man, I, I can see how this this becomes a hole that people just dive into. Mm-hmm. And then they're saying outrageous things on Twitter just to get more response mm-hmm. and interaction. And it's like a microcosm of what is wrong with social media. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's that's a bit of what I've always wanted to avoid because Mm. there's, there's very little nuance in social media. Mm. It's all hyperbolic statements and people taking far extreme positions in order to get more people on their side and more people interacting with their tweet than the other person's tweet. 
And I, I thought that, that it was funny that we've both been having similar experiences. Do you feel a little, I don't know, conflicted or pool or? Yeah, I mean. Because it sounds like it, it, it's definitely more of my initial experience of, of people being like, wow, this is really cool. I enjoy this. Good on you. I want to see more. Yeah, I know. I, there is that element that could that you could fall into of like, okay, now I got to appeal to the people, which I'm trying not to fall into. Honestly, I'm at a point where the stuff that I'm doing is just so pure joy for me that mm-hmm. I haven't found any like pressure to keep up the keep the people entertained or anything like that. But I could see it. I could see how how it gets to that point. I don't know. I just really hope that going forward, it, it like just stays authentic and true. And you know, like that shot or that Sane Freuda thing was obviously authentic and like from your heart. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Like it was, it was really funny. A joke, joking something that I thought those two particular people Would might find, find funny, right? And I just wanted to send that their way because right even if they never interacted with it just the thought that they might see it and laugh was it that was Mm -hmm. it that was everything i was wanting from that and i was Mm -hmm. like oh man like this is this is overwhelming yeah you know my phone is blowing up with likes yeah i know just the the phrase likes like oh people like this right exactly yeah and i feel like as long as we continue to create like true content I think we're I think we're in a pretty good safe spot. Um, it's not until we like start appealing a little bit too hard to the people, which I've seen so much on YouTube and so much on Instagram, that we kind of fall in, like lose ourselves. So may we continue to just stay true to what we believe and what we desire and and our dreams. You mm-hmm. know, honestly, when it comes down to it, and not lose sight of what we're really doing this for. Well, that's cool, man. I know it's getting late. You got a mm-hmm. baby with a nighttime routine. Yep. So you got to get going. Yep. But from our the bottom of our hearts, thanks for listening. Thank this you guys is for listening. Pod to the Future. We would really appreciate you subscribing, you telling your friends, and if you're feeling particularly generous, consider rating us on iTunes because I'm told that that is a very important metric in other people being able to find us so absolutely thank you again i'm justin and i'm christian and we'll see you next time